Today's conversation is with Siobhan Thompson. Siobhan is the founder of Throttle and Thrive. I'd like to welcome you to the Burnout Podcast. I am your host, Skip O. The episode is brought to you by Bridges of Hope of Madison County and mypodcast.media. Real quick, I'd like to talk about a couple of our sponsors. The first one, as I said before, is Bridges Hope of Massa County. Uh, I've been going in there personally for a few years, taking groups in there, and uh, then they designed a program with a worldwide peer support. And I go in there and take groups, uh, not just me, other first responders. We do peer support meetings. We do uh, campfire meetings. Also, Bridges Hope offers counseling. They do EMDR and several other things specific for the first responders. They work with you on pay. If you're interested, they'll cover. They do self-pay, and it's one of the lowest, if not the lowest, self-pay that I've worked with in the past. So they really try to work with people with no insurance that's been fired from the job or that don't have the right kind of insurance. We They'd done scholarships for me before where somebody couldn't afford it, and they brought them in. Um, they, they're just a family-centered treatment facility that I like. Uh, like to work with or very easy to work with. And if you'd like to get a hold of them, you can call 833-411-0864. That's 833-411-0864. This is the website. You can go at B, as in letter B, hoperehab.com. That's behoperehab.com. And mypodcast.media, the owner, Sean Neal, he's a good friend of mine. We've been working together for 12 years. I've been um, a firefighter for 33 years, so I'm not a business-oriented person, but Sean has taught me the last 12 years to think differently, to don't put myself in a box, to to very build, build me up emotionally and spiritually, and I'm really grateful for him. But he's the one that the Burnout Podcast is what it is today, and it keeps getting better, and I really appreciate Sean. If you'd like to get more information you can just go to mypodcast.media and find them there on the Google. Now, let me give you some background about our guests before we get started. Siobhan is a founder of Throttle and Thrive, a detox substance misuse and mental health facility exclusively serving first responders and veterans. She's passionate about her recovery and mental health because she's an alcoholic in recovery and has been sober since January 28th, 2013. Going back, what got you into this leading up? I mean, what what made you want to start a first responder facilities for, for men? Sure. So um, I come from the construction world. I have a couple of degrees in engineering and I worked for 13 years for a general contractor in commercial construction. So I've kind of want to always been one of the guys, uh, definitely a tomboy. And I just have a heart for men and I see what's happening um, to our men and it just breaks my heart. And so I really have wanted to have a dog in the fight and be able to help the people that serve and the people that have dedicated their lives to help our cities, you know, our country. So with first responders and veterans, um, 
learning about the suicide rates and that the veteran suicide rate and the first responder suicide rate are pretty much the same. You know, it's just, it's not okay with me that our heroes and our warriors are taking their own lives and that they're suffering. So I want to give back and I want to be a safe place to be able to help them, um, especially with law enforcement. We've had several officers come here and say that they had to leave other treatment facilities because they felt unsafe. They literally felt like they were going to be attacked in their sleep. Um, Or even in therapy groups, they ran into therapists that did not support law enforcement. And that's also heartbreaking. And to think that these men would be mistreated um, at a place where they were going to get help is just so wrong. So our treatment facility is a standalone treatment facility. It doesn't, we don't take any general population. And with that, everyone that's here is either a veteran or a first responder. And all of the staff as well are supportive, very supportive and love our heroes and our warriors and can create that environment where our men can truly be supported, feel safe, be seen, and have that sense of camaraderie as well. And with being a standalone six-bed facility that only takes veterans and first responders, we don't have um, the general population that some treatment facilities do when they're a large treatment facility. And then they just have like a special track for first responders where the first responders like get their own therapy groups. That's not how we are here. Um, Everything that we do is based around supporting first responders, healing trauma, processing trauma, um, and looking at specifically what our heroes go through and what we can do um, to facilitate a program that is specifically tailored for them. Well, I know, I know where your heart is, and and you focus it on men. But we want to let the lady first responders know uh, the facility is a small facility, and me and Siobhan's talked about this. You know, sometimes you get men and women together, and they can get unfocused, and you can go take your mind wherever you want with that. But I, I know Siobhan, her heart is set in the future when this this is successful for the men, and some sometime in the future maybe having a facility for women too. Is that is that kind of a thought in your your uh, mind, Siobhan? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have a facility for women at some point in the future. Um, But this is the first one. And right now it's just for men. And like you said, Skip, it's really important um, that there's a singularity of focus in treatment, especially when it is such a small facility. It's a very intimate facility. And several of the clients have actually come to me and said, I'm really glad it's only men in the men's in the group here because I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing about my childhood trauma or whatever it is that's coming up for them. So we do um, take it seriously to create that safe space. And on the flip side of that, um, I don't think it would be a safe place to be here for women coming in as maybe one woman and five men sitting around um, here. Some of the guys that have come in, you know, they've openly admitted that womanizing is something that they struggle with. And so I wouldn't want to bring a woman in here and then someone who's new in recovery and just have that be not really a healthy environment for either of them. So I do advocate for women to go to women's only treatment facilities. And I really hope that I can open up one of those in the future. I tell you, I like your way of thinking. Also, it's on the other hand, when I went to treatment, I, I was having an affair on my wife and and I know going to that treatment, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys and ladies on vice versa has that. And if you got the opposite sex there, it's another stressor that uh, puts on your family sometimes. And I, you know, and I think it's a good, for me personally, having a men-only facility and a women-only facility, I think that's a good way to go because you can focus on one thing and not get distracted from other things. 
Um, but okay, I am sitting here and I thought, man, I got to change my life because this is going to air. It's New Year's Eve. People are going to listen to this right now at New Year's Eve. So somebody's thinking about changing their life, you know, not and want to do something. They're going to call you, Siobhan. So what are the steps? Once they call you, what happens after that? So they call me. First, we make the um, just a brief assessment and make sure that that person is the right fit for our facility. So one, they're an adult male. Two, they are either a veteran or a first responder, whether active or retired, both qualify. Um, and then we have to make sure that they are struggling with substance misuse. So legally, we are a dual diagnosis facility with a primary diagnosis of substance abuse. So if someone, let's say, is only struggling with mental health, we are not the right facility for them. And I'm going to recommend that they go um, to a mental health facility that's primary mental health. Because in our facility, we are primary substance abuse. So let's just say drinking is the issue. Most of our clients, that's the number one issue. So we um, just assess them and make sure that they qualify for our program. And then, of course, it's secondary mental health. Everybody that comes here has pretty significant secondary mental health um, items to be dealt with. And we do put a huge emphasis on those. So we have clinicians here every day, and there's tons of therapy, both group therapy individual therapy. Everyone gets individual therapy at least twice a week. Our therapists are trained in EMDR. So that's our primary modality for reducing the trauma load and bringing, bringing down trauma and processing it. Also, we offer couples therapy, and that could even be in person if someone's local or if someone's coming, let's say from out of state, state we can facilitate couples therapy via Zoom. Um, but getting back to them coming in. So first they would call me and I would just briefly assess that it's the right fit and just go over some basic things with them, like, you know, how our program runs. And then after that, they're going to do a phone call with our program director and he's going to get into a little bit of history with them and a phone pre-assessment so that we can prepare in advance and have things ready to go when that person actually shows up. If they're coming from out of state, they would need to get on a plane or possibly drive if it's one of the nearby states, but usually someone gets on an airplane. So the sooner, the better. If they have someone to go with them, that is absolutely wonderful. If not, that's fine. Either way, I will go to LAX airport and pick them up um, or one of my staff members will go, but typically I'm the one to go and pick them up. We're about 40 minutes or so, depending on traffic from the airport. And I pick them up and then bring them to the facility. Once we get here, we start our intake process. So we're going to make sure that they're comfortable. We're going to hydrate them and give them a meal if you know they're hungry and get them settled in and then start the actual admissions process, which is um, you know going through consents and assessment, seeing where they're at. There's going to be a, an anxiety inventory, a depression inventory, a suicidal ideation assessment. Um, there's going to be a medical exam. They're going to actually meet with our medical provider and be assessed of, you know, are they coming in intoxicated and do they need to go through detox or are they coming in after already maybe detoxing at home and coming in and just entering in straight into the, um, residential part of our program. But if they need detox, we've had several of our first responders come in and actually they were really intoxicated. So they need to go through detox and that looks a little bit different. And we might put them on detox meds, make sure they're not going to have any adverse uh, reactions or complications to that detox process. So usually that's going to be like a Valium taper or maybe um, anti-anxiety medication, et cetera. Um, yeah. And then we give them a little tour of our facility, depending on 
time of day, if it's two in the morning, they might just be ready for bed and show them their room and get them settled in. Um, and then after that, once the next day comes, then it's off to the races from there. If they are in detox, it might be kind of a lot of sleeping and getting up to eat and just, you know, slowly easing into the program. But if they are fully in residential, then they jump right in, they get into their therapy sessions, they start to meet the team, acclimate to the other clients that we have here, get to know everybody. All of our meals are around a communal dining table and we do have a chef that cooks for us. So eating together and my favorite part is when someone comes in and the lights start to turn on and we know that they're getting better because they start to make jokes. And so when the jokes start to fly, that's when I know that someone is really starting to feel better and get better and the life is coming back into them. That's one of my favorite parts. I tell you what, that sounds great. Sounds like a great welcoming. And also uh, what's, what's the average stay there uh, so far since you had people? It's about 30 days. We're a 30-day program. So if someone would like to stay longer and there's a need for that, we're happy to have them stay longer. And if for some reason someone can't stay 30 days, maybe they've got, you know, small children at home or some, you know, kind of issue with work, then they can definitely come for less. Because we're a very small facility, we consider ourselves a luxury boutique facility and we only take six clients at any one time. So everyone gets very personalized, very individualized care. So we can make special arrangements and accommodations for pretty much everybody. And we do. Everyone comes in with a different set of um, needs and likes and dislikes and abilities. So we've had you know, retired law enforcement come in that have been as old as 67 years old. So they are not as spry as the 27 year old deputy that's out in the gym, you know, hitting the weights and running the hills and being really aggressive um, on a physical level in a, in a good way, like working out aggressive workouts. Um, so we make accommodations where that, you know, older client is going to be doing more gentle walks and kind of easy with the weights. Um, And so we're really able to cater to our clients and meet them where they're at, whether it's um, an emotional need or a physical need, or if someone comes in maybe with a really heavy trauma load, then we have the ability to get them some extra therapy appointments or um, schedule in even like that couples counseling for people that come in, you know, with a spouse or significant other, or trying to work something out with a loved one, we're able to do that. Or some of our clients that aren't married, they maybe are closer with their parents or even their siblings. And we can coordinate special family days with parents and siblings. And we've even had like nieces and nephews, like little ones come over um, during family day. And so we're able to really cater to our clients in that way based on their specific needs. And also, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, you got local law enforcement firefighters coming in doing like peer support there. Is that is that true? Yes. Yes, we do. We have several different peer support. Um, A couple of them have their own like foundation and they come in representing that foundation. Um, And then we have others that are just strictly volunteers. So they're not paid except for food. I do feed them. Um, But this is like actually active duty cops and um, 
and firefighters that come over and they just want to give back and they're in sobriety themselves and they have some really wild stories about drinking and maybe drinking on duty and and different things or getting DUIs, getting booked, going to jail. And they have had such radical experiences and their sobriety now is so important to them and they see the benefits of it and how their lives have been restored and they want to help their fellow first responders and veterans. And so they come in just to share their experience, strength, and hope and give back. And it's amazing. I love having them here. So yes, we have several different uh, peer support first responders that come in. Some of them will just be like, hey, I'm on my way over. I'm driving through the neighborhood. Can I come on by? Sure. Great. Okay. And some of them have you know, more scheduled time with us where they really come in and have lunch and then share Um, all of their story in more detail. And we've seen some amazing things happen. One of them, um, a current lieutenant with LAPD, he was sharing his story and he really connected with one of the deputies that was in treatment and turned out they live near each other, which is nowhere near the facility. And so they were getting each other's numbers and the lieutenant um, who's been sober like 10 years is starting to enter in the deputy's phone number. And he's like, are you deputy so-and-so? You're already in my phone. No way. And so they had that connection there and they're actually now sponsor, sponsee and going to meetings together. So a lot of really special things happen around here. And yes, the peer support is thick and it's great. Well, before the recording, we were talking about Christmas and Christmas Eve. Didn't you have uh, somebody visit you and cook some meals for you for uh, your clients are there now? Yeah, we did. So one of our firefighter clients that recently completed our 30-day program, he I guess he loves us so much that he went out of his way to get Christmas Eve dinner and come over and cook everything. And this was an elaborate, elaborate meal. I mean, prime rib and um, chicken and mashed potatoes and salad and rolls and then cookies upon cookies and two different cheesecakes. And he just came over because he wanted to visit. He wanted to see the staff and he wanted to share his experience, strength and hope and message of recovery and overcoming the mental health challenges that he had overcome with our current clients and share a special day, especially because it's hard to be away from our families and be in treatment over the holidays. But He actually wanted to come back to Throttle and Thrive and show up and spend the day cooking. And it was amazing just to have him here and to see how well he is doing. He's really doing a great job working his aftercare program and he's still in therapy and he's going to meetings and he's showing up and he's still sober and he's working out and he looked amazing, just really healthy and fit. And it was great to see him doing so well. It was really awesome. That's good. I I tell you, your facility, you know, you sold me and you didn't have to say anything. When you traveled all the way from Indianapolis last year to come to FDIC, we didn't know each other. You donated money to the cause for for the worldwide peer support and being a sponsor on Burnout Podcast. And um, and then you came. You just you didn't know what to expect, but uh, you, you suited up and show up. And I heard that said a lot through the years. Um, and now you're you're able, you had a dream, what you're going to do. And then all of a sudden now it's happening. It's, it is happening. And that's amazing. Well, Siobhan, you, there was one thing that I forgot to ask and you, we talked a little bit about, there's another doctor, you got something else that involves first responders that, that we need help with. Cause after being 33 years of being on department, I have trouble sleeping and you got something to help solve that. What is that? 
Yes, we just brought on Dr. Richard Shane as a member of our team. He's the creator of the Sleep Easy Method, and he's a PhD psychologist that has developed over many, many years a sleeping program that is non-pharmaceutical. So he's coming on our team and teaches our clients sleep techniques and sleep methods that don't involve taking medications. Um, Because the medications can sometimes become habit-forming or they can cause a lot of grogginess and make it really hard for people to wake up in the morning, leading to more caffeine use. And it's just kind of this vicious cycle. So Dr. Shane is giving us practical tools that our clients are actually able to implement to fall asleep faster, to stay asleep, and if they do wake up, to be able to fall back to sleep quickly. And all the clients have been raving about it and saying that it works and that they love it. And we've actually had people get off of sleep meds while they're here and continue to have a great sleep every night. We do believe in wellness here. We believe in working out. We put our guys through some pretty tough workouts. Um, I haven't had anybody be able to beat me in the gym. So challenge uh, is out there. If anybody could come out here and beat me in the gym, uh, that would be incredible. But so far we, we put our clients through like a wellness program. We get them up early and we feed them very healthy food. If, if they will eat it, they are allowed to, you know, have unhealthy food if they want it to. But by and large, we eat a lot of healthy food. We exercise twice a day. And that in general helps people sleep really well, especially with teaching them all of these coping tools and strategies and just reducing and processing their trauma loads um, and getting them into these healthy sleep patterns has been really amazing to watch people sleep better. And as they sleep better, their energy increases and then they have more capacity to to be able to take in everything that we're throwing at them, the group therapy, the individual therapy, the AA meetings, the recovery, all of the different messages that they hear. And so I'm very proud to say that Dr. Shane is part of our team and he's doing an amazing job helping our first responders to sleep better. Siobhan, there's somebody out there, either a first responder or a family member, and they're hurting. They don't know how to help their loved one. And that guy, the first responder, don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like to admit we're weak. We're defeated. And they're thinking a couple of different things. They're either drinking too much, they're taking drugs, or they're contemplating suicide. And you got just a moment to talk to them. You got 30 seconds. What are you going to tell them? There's hope. There is hope. There are so many incredible people out there that want to help you, that want to see you get well, and that are very well equipped If you want to come to our facility, we would love to have you. Give me a call, please. Um, We can schedule your admission for same day and get you that relief that you're looking for really quickly. And if it's not us, continue to reach out. Um, There's a lot of amazing treatment centers out there and therapists and people and even just the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, That's an incredible place to get sober and to meet people that understand um, and that get you. So most of my team here is also in recovery. I'm an alcoholic in recovery. We understand we've been there. We've fought that battle. And I know that phone is really heavy. So if you can pick it up and dial my phone number, I would love to talk with you. And if not, hand my phone number to a loved one or someone else and have them call for you. We're available. We're well-trained. We do this every day and we would love to help you fight this battle and overcome and to get you to a place where you are feeling good 
good. You're enjoying your days. And so we've seen that come true for everybody that has come through our doors and that can be true for you as well. So reach out and get that help in some way, some shape, some form. Okay. If you're listening now, get your phone out and get ready. Siobhan, give them the number right now. Call me. Uh, phone number 805-701-1309. You can also text me. Um, that's my cell phone. So 805-701-1309. Call 24-7. Text me. Um, we're here. We've got your six. I promise. Um, our team is absolutely incredible. And I've seen miracle after miracle. We have seen, you know, people come in here really hopeless, really broken, really depressed, and we've been able to help them. Um, we've been able to help everybody that's come through the store and to watch them get better. I know that it's possible for you as well. And it starts with that phone call. So please reach out. We're waiting. Siobhan, thank you again for coming on here. And I uh, just really appreciate your heart. Before we go, we got some wisdom to add to your toolbox from a firefighter in Georgia. Hey guys, my name is Melissa and I will be bringing you the mental health tip for today. Today's tip will be snacks. I know that you have some snacks that you just thought of when I said that word. So for instance, mine is chocolate covered pretzels. It's one of my all time favorites. It's something I remember eating as a child. And so when we're working shifts, whether it's a 12 hour, 24 hour or a 96 hour shift, having food to keep us energized is important. And yes, eating healthy is part of it. Sometimes though, we run some really bad calls and occasionally we run them back to back to back to back and our brain can only process so much. So we look for ways to cope and some of those coping mechanisms can be food. So what I would encourage you to do is have a section in your backpack or whatever bag you carry with you on your apparatus with some of your favorite snacks that really helped you or make you happy. So, you know, put some chocolate covered pretzels in there. I don't know, a little can of mini M&Ms, maybe it's gummy bears, whatever it is, keep it stashed and ready to go in case you need it. All right, guys, back to Skip. Remember, when you go home tonight, shut your phone off shut your scanner off and get some sleep. Thank you.